0: Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at viennaag.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. to put a positive spin on the fact of the good news of announcing the gospel. How many loves a balloon when it's your birthday? Yeah, all right, it's just fun, right? So when we announce the kingdom, I want us to approach this in a positive view, not like a negative view. It's like you're bringing someone a, a something positive, all right? So here's a, it's just to start the, the message today, it's just to help you get it, that it's a potentially and I'm going off camera just a moment, everybody, just to get, set this here. Um, it's just a positive thing to announce the good news of the kingdom, right? So I just want to say thank you to Brenda. Thank you to the missional leadership team. for Everyone look over here. This is our mission statement, to lead our community with love and a growing relationship with God. I think they've done a great job with that. Thank God for this opportunity to share as we, Brenda mentioned, we just came back from our annual business meeting with the district, and I just want to say to the mission leadership team, our finances look a whole lot better than the Potomac Ministry Network Center. Thank you, <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, y'all, you worked hard at making it uh, work, and it and it shows. So thank thank you for that. So I'm going to share um, a simple thought today about announcing. The gospel of the kingdom. And here it is. Listen before announcing the kingdom. Listen to a friend, to what they're going through. Find out their points of pain. If you say to someone, how are you doing? Pause and listen. How was your week? Pause and listen before you just jump into announcing the gospel of the kingdom or anything else at least empathize with someone who's going through something and may have heard some bad news or a group who is experiencing bad news before announcing the good news of the kingdom of God. This was Billy Graham's great gift. He was a great communicator and at all of his crusades, he had a way with words to connect with those who were listening so they would felt like, He knew them and he had listened to them and understood the bad news that they were experiencing. So my understanding is that a key component to life is tied to our listening. How many ears do most people have? How many mouths do most people have? So the the deduction is we should be listening at least... Twice as much as we're talking. This is really easy for introverts. Come on, introverts raise hands. I Man, I got this down. I got it. I can do that. There's no, work, no problem uh, with me. So even in my real estate business, when I'm doing a listing presentation, before I even walk through their house, I'll sit at their table and say, So, what is it that you would like to accomplish in our meeting today? And depending on what the person says is where we will go. And so it's important in life that we listen and find out what it is that someone is needing or wanting. And then from that moment, we can move forward. Today's passages are two of my go-to scriptures Uh, for all they've I've used them for my own bad news to announce the good news of the gospel. I, they remain the good news of the gospel for me and to all. And, uh, and so just because we've been sitting for a little bit, except Jerry, you don't have to stand because of your, your, sit, your, your knees or whatever. But all of the rest of it, let's just stand for a moment and stretch. And while you're standing before we read the scriptures, I want to ask you a silly question. What is a rabbit's favorite game? What is a rabbit's favorite game? Oh. Come on, give it up. Give it up, give it up. <laughs> Just came out of her. She answered that one. Well, how about this one? What do you call a cow in an earthquake? A milkshake. Give it up. All right, you got it. Okay, so here's, the, here's the, my go-to scriptures. John 10, verse 7. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. And now, uh, the next of my go-to passages are this. John fourteen six. Jesus told him, I am the way the truth and the life no one can come to the father except through me the word of the lord amen you can be seated let's take a moment and uh, we're going to memorize this right quick. All right, here we go. And everybody who gets it right, I've got some coupons for some local restaurants. If you get this memorized, you can come up after church and get you a coupon. All right, now, here we go. All right, here we go. We're going to look at this closely. Let's all say it out together. Jesus told him, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." No one can come to the Father except through me. Again, everybody. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So everybody just close your eyes. Jesus told him what? I am the way, out loud, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Keep your eyes closed. Say it one more time. Jesus told him... Give yourself a big hand, all right? All right, there's some coupons. I know Tom likes coupons up here at the front. If you memorized it, uh, it it's an important spiritual formation practice. It was not mentioned in Richard Belose's book, Deeply Formed Spiritual Life, but it, re, it may, remains a spiritual practice for us to become deeply formed in our relationship with God. This is the good news of the gospel. This clarifies who is a positive personality and who is a negative personality. John 10 says Jesus' purpose is to give a rich and satisfying life. Satan's purpose, described as a thief, and all of a thief's purpose is to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. It just seems like this is saying. Christ's purpose is to give a rich and satisfying life, and the devil's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. John 14 seems to declare that there's only one way, one person, one exclusive person by whom a person can get and go into the Father, or to the Father. It just seems to me that this is saying there's only one person by whom another person can go through to meet with and communicate with the Father. And that person is Jesus. It's just easier for me to categorize Jesus as the one. The one who gives a rich and satisfying life. And then the devil is the one who steals, kills, and destroys. It's just also easier for me to accept that Jesus' purpose is to give us a rich and a satisfying life. Now, I know there's people who like to target the um, people that they would categorize that believe the prosperity gospel or the health and wealth gospel as a false gospel. And when I ask people why they feel that way, I I can understand where they're coming from. But also know that in my moments of deep financial need, it's been such an anchor to my soul to believe Jesus has come to give us a rich and satisfying life, and it's the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, just FYI, I live purely on a commission basis, and I'm a real estate agent. The last closing, the last lease signing I had was back in December. And so I, had a, I got a paycheck, a paycheck in January. The good news of the gospel is, He's come to give a rich and a satisfying life. And trust me, it's been a long time since January to now that I not have a paycheck. And it takes this spiritual formation practice to affirm this very thing I'm sharing with you. That's the good news of the gospel. It's the good news of the gospel just because something is happening to you right now does not negate the fact that Jesus' purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life even if everything you are currently experiencing does not seem to point to that reality. It's a spiritual formation practice to announce the gospel and sometimes the person who needs to hear the gospel announced to it is... Yourself. Yourself. Sometimes you need to announce the gospel to yourself, and it's times when you're waiting for the promise that you need to have the gospel announced to you in that time. It's true some people have used this passage of scripture to justify an excessive life. They buy stuff they really shouldn't be buying. They do stuff they really shouldn't be doing but and that's that's that is that is true i'm not denying that many people have used this passage of scripture to justify an excessively abundant life to the point of greed that's all true but for the most part most of us just need the hope that jesus can meet our need when our bills come due amen Amen. Sometimes it's just the harsh reality that we have to trust God financially. And it's just the harsh reality. Sometimes we have to trust Him for our health. And those are combined in the good news of the gospel. It's important to listen to people who've been hurt or embarrassed by the excesses of rich Preachers and discern what their issues are before you just kind of jump in and announce the good news of the gospel. Never lose your belief that bad news, such as a bad health diagnosis or no income, that Jesus's purpose remains the same to give you rich and a satisfying life. Now, listen. I know we're blessed. I'm thankful to the mission leadership team. What what helped us this this month is they restored Brenda's salary. Thank you very much. That helped us. Uh, I'm also on a social security income. That helped us. My freezer is full with venison, turkey, and fish. That helped us. But that, ultimately, I point to Jesus who has provided for us a rich and satisfying life. He meets our needs in ways beyond what we think we need. Does that make sense to you? It doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to try to say it again. Can Jesus meet your need in a way that it's not the way that you thought he would meet that need? And I want to assure you that when you look back upon your life, after the need has passed and and God has met your need, you can look back and say, as as Rachel was saying, the goodness of God found us and he met us at our point of need. Now, some people are much more complex. In fact, most people are more complex-minded than I am, and they add to this equation. And I honor people who think differently than I do. But at least for me, I see an exclusivity in a relationship with God is exclusively through Jesus Christ. It's exclusive. We can be friends with people who think differently, that think it's... In addition to Jesus, there is Muhammad. In addition to Jesus and Muhammad, there is Buddha. In addition to Jesus, Muhammad, and Buddha, there is the Book of Mormon. In addition to all of these things, there there could be any one of a million different gods that the Hindus believe in. They may think differently than we do. We are exclusivity. They add to that, and it's a very complicated way of thinking, but we we can honor them. We don't have to do anything other than love and respect and honor those who think differently than we do about the exclusivity of Jesus Christ and our relationship with God. And this is why I'm trying to emphasize in announcing the kingdom, we must listen to people who have found another way for their spirituality other than Jesus why don't we just choose to listen before we just announce the good news of the kingdom and find out where they're coming from? And guess what? Sometimes you could even learn something. Sometimes you could learn some of the uh, spiritual practices that they utilize. Fastings, meditation. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity to connect with people who have a different way of thinking about things. And once you listen, then you get the opportunity to share what you feel about the kingdom of God. Announcing the gospel is the final chapter in this book, the deeply formed, uh, the deeply formed uh, life. We've we talked about this missional presence. Early on in the book, when we first started sharing this, I'd shared that I, I, I related how. When I first received the news that, Reverend, you've either got HIV or cancer, and it turned out to be a stage four lymphoma that was incurable at that time, I I feel like the Lord dealt with me to deepen my spiritual life, deepen, deepen my roots. And with with the phrase, as I remember, brush up on healing scriptures and healing practices. So that was... So when we talk about a deeply formed spiritual life, inevitably you're going to hear some bad news or something you don't know how to deal with. The answer is going to be found in a deeply formed spiritual life, finding a spiritual practice that works for you. Now, my bad news of cancer was met with the good news of the healing gospel. The spiritual practice of saying out loud, or at least in a whisper, the affirmations of healing scripture, how they apply to every member of my body, remains one of the most positive yet strenuous spiritual exercises I engage in. To read the passages of scripture, affirm it, or announce it even to myself, it is a deeply, profoundly meaningful spiritual practice. I'm asking us to find your sweet spot in life. What is your sweet spot? In life, That's where you stumble upon or you discover or you hear someone else has shared a spiritual formation practice that works for them and then you find it and you put it to work for your life and you find it to become very rewarding in your life. Do you think you can number the number of physical exercises there are in this world? Can you just say there's probably a thousand or more physical exercises? There's at least a thousand or more physical exercises. If you've ever gone to a physical therapy, they pull things out of their back pocket, an exercise you did not know existed. Can we agree that there's probably multiplied thousands upon thousands upon thousands of spiritual practices some of which you may or may not have ever heard about. We tend to gravitate to the top three, top five, top ten spiritual practices that we use. But trust me, there's a lot of them out there. And it's important that we re-engage on our spiritual formation practices. The practices that we've talked about is hospitality. This past week, Brenda shared that we were at our annual network conferences, business meeting, and part of it is you hang out with friends. Um, One of the highlights is over lunch, is over a a hospitable lunch with friends. Uh, One was with Don and Linda Webb. Linda is, at that time, she was a woman's director. She was the elder in the Lord that I first called when I got the awakening that I should step aside as lead pastor, and that Brenda was supposed to become the lead pastor, and I was supposed to transition the church into her hand. The first person was an elder in the Lord, Linda Webb, and I called her and said, "I'm thinking about this. I think is what the Lord's telling me about. What do you think?" And so, and Don, her husband, he was the one who he had he had lymphoma, a a um, Hodgkin's-type lymphoma prior to my receiving a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he kind of shepherded me through my battle with lymphoma. So these are dear friends that we've got deep roots with. The Llewellyns, uh, when I used to do those ultra-marathons, there's a 40-mile race in Davis, West Virginia, and uh, they... Uh, I stayed, there's a church called Dry Fork Assembly of God. I'd stayed, they have like an evangelistic quarters, a suite. And we've actually stayed there on ski trips before. Um, the, the new pastor uh, during a transitional change was Rick and Melissa Llewellyn. And so sight scene. I got to meet them, talk to them. And we've become friends ever since that time. It was at a network conference, I think about five years ago. We were together when she heard the, the bad news that her son, driving home in a rain, skidded off those mountains of West Virginia and, and was tragically killed. So we, when we talk about hospitality, we're talking about making an intentionality to meet with people and listen to people. And in that luncheon, and in every luncheon, we only do it once a year, it's not like it's Big but it's so meaningful. We, one second, we're laughing uncontrollably. They reminded me of that doctor report after I'd gotten the, the PET scan that said I've got some tumors in my breast area, um, and the tech wrote on it, said, Patient has architecturally perfect breasts. <laughs> now, isn't that just funny? I mean, that's just funny. And then the next moment, we're just weeping over some of the stuff. And and so you only only get deep with people when you have shared joys and shared pains. And I'm asking us to include hospitality in our spiritual formation practices. Brenda and I intentionally went out to eat with a a family that we're friends with uh, two weeks ago. As a result of a deeply formed spiritual life. We're trying to get better at this. Of, of working out hospitality. Um, the other Another spiritual practice is justice. Every. Every. Person. Of African descent. Or person of color. That I met. The last ten days. After the. Brief. How's everything going? Everything's great. Blah, 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 blah. I give them a hug and said, listen. I'm with you. I hear you. I see you. This Buffalo shooting is awful. I just want you to know I'm with you. And it was, it's amazing. It's amazing. Just offering to listen. There was a, there was a connection. And I'm pleading with us. Use justice as a spiritual practice and look for ways that you can be involved in justice. Listen. And if you see listen for injustices, if you see injustices, respond with the good news. Respond. And if you're like many of my some of my white friends, they just don't see injustice. They just don't see it. They're not listening. They don't see it. And I'm saying to us, listen, look for it. It's there. You just have to look for it and connect with people of different ethnicities to make sure that you are in the same area of spiritual disciplines of justice as they are. uh, I'm admittedly naive and a slow learner. I have to ask Brenda what something means often. I've been hearing this term, "woke," and I didn't know what it meant. I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I just knew it was a derogatory term. I didn't know what in the world they're talking about. I said, Brenda, what? What are they making fun of? What are they being so derogatorily describing, Woke." And she began to describe it to me. So I'm, I'm just going to say to you in this room and listening to me, for us in our community of faith, when I personally receive the awakening by the Holy Spirit that a male and female are equal in their family and in leadership... And a woman should have the same vote as a man in all leadership and should be at every leadership table in any part of the world, in any setting, and they should be given equal vote. And if a person of ethnic backgrounds are different than you are, they they are our equal, they are my equal, we are all equals in God's sight. And if someone begins to make fun of that, they are making fun of an actual awakening by the Holy Spirit. And I want to just warn us and anybody who wants to listen. If you make fun of and use derogatory terms to a working of the Holy Spirit, you're definitely grieving the Holy Spirit and you're on the pathway of committing the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit, which is not a good thing. When I, my political affiliation and some of my. A family of God, brethren and sisters use those terms, i just take a step back and say, this is grieving of the Holy Spirit for you to make fun of an actual awakening. And I'm saying for us in this congregation, we can't speak for everybody, but justice is a core spiritual, uh, core. it's not a core value as it is over there, but it is a, it is a spiritual practice that we will practice here. And I hope you can say with me, thank you, Jesus. Just say it. Thank you, Jesus. Especially those of us who are in the ma- ma- majority, such as being white. Be encouraged to practice justice. You talked about commissioning in your work. Now, most of my time now is spent as a fully licensed realtor, residential, commercial real estate um, most of my time is spent doing that. I represented a single mom of a Hispanic background who had been taken advantage of by a, uh, another realtor um, and she lost a $10,000 earnest money deposit but didn't understand the process, didn't understand the system. And so she was taken advantage of because she didn't understand the system. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I was able to connect with her, look her in the eye, and just say, hey, told her my little brief story. And and thanks be to God. When she put an offer in on a, uh, it's actually valued a $1.5 million home, We've negotiated a deal. She's going to get it for a million dollars. The seller did not require her to put down an earnest money deposit. I treat it as a sign from the Lord. Now, just think about the housing market right now. If you've got any friends buying, they're going to tell you it's multiple offer this, it's multiple offer that. We've been trying... 10 times. We can't even get a house. Here's a Hispanic single mom who's just ratified the contract. We're going to be closing a week from tomorrow on a $1 million property. Somebody shout amen. amen. It's, I'm, I'm finding my sweet spot. I'm finding a sweet spot to find people who have been oppressed and hurt and get them blessed. Additionally, this whole redlining thing that happened in the 50s and 60s, where neighborhoods were targeted, and saying that uh, we can't we can't uh, do mortgages in these communities because of their, this condition, and so for generations, the African American and other communities, ethnic minorities, were not allowed the right to even own a home, and the statistics are real. Today, a renter. A renter's income compared to a person who owns their own home income is forty times less. So, take a whole community who was denied the right to own a home for generations, for decades. Their income automatically is forty times less than someone who just bought or just who just owns a home. Now, that's incredible. So when, when, when Brenda said and Rich Valotis said, commissioning your work as a missional presence, I am just one person in one career. And I'm, I can assure you, all of you, has something in your line of work that the kingdom of God can be announced and lived And you can make a difference, a major difference. Do you believe that? I hope you believe that. I hope you believe that. I really do. Be encouraged to practice being commissioned in your workplace. I love that phrase from Pete Scazzaro's work, The Emotionally Healthy Relationships. The place God calls you to is the place your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. That's just good. That's just good stuff. So be encouraged. See, that's a gift of hospitality. Someone's sensing somebody needs a cup of water. So that's what we're going to do. So I, I try to do the main part of the announcing the gospel at the beginning, and I am just do a little wrap up here. Announcing the gospel of the good news to a culture that is surrounded with bad news is a privilege and an opportunity. We have an we have an opportunity right now. Because why? so much bad news is out there so much bad news is out there Some have coined a phrase toxic positivity I'm not asking you to be an optimist the worst thing that happened to me when I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer are these people with toxic positivity we're not I'm not asking you to be a toxic, person I'm asking you to be an announcer of the good news and you only can announce the good news after you've listened to what the bad news is and then you can try to discern what is God saying in this situation the scriptures describe the type of person we are to be is someone who is gentle and as a newborn, as as a mother of a newborn baby, nursing. In fact, it is a description of God as a nursing mother. For those of you that think the only description of God is masculine, you 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 have you have not you do not know the scriptures in depth. The Lord is also described as a gentle as a nursing mother, and and, and in rich uh, and in uh, a Book. he talks about listening it's the same as taking like a little bird Uh, last week there was a little bird who had fallen by the steps i found a little bird this week You, you 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 it's like taking a little bird and gently getting it up onto a branch when someone shares something with you it's like listen be gentle with that person and, and don't be toxic in your positivity, but listen. Empathize just a little bit. In, 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 uh, in the Emotionally Healthy Relationship book, when I heard that the Roe v. Wade thing was maybe was happening and all that, I went back to the chapter and I read this, and I alluded it last week. Here's the quote. And I began to think of the people that are pro-choice and pro-abortion, And I wanted to be ready to listen. Here's the quote. No one can help anyone without becoming involved, without entering with his whole person into the painful situation, without taking the risk of becoming hurt, wounded, or even destroyed in the process. Real martyrdom means a witness that starts with the willingness to cry with those who cry, laugh with those who laugh, and to make one's own painful and joyful experiences available as sources of clarification and understanding. He goes on to say, Who can save a child from a burning house without taking the risk of being hurt by the flames? Who can listen to a story of loneliness and despair without taking the risk of experiencing a similar pain in his own heart and even losing his precious peace of mind? In short... Who can take away suffering without entering it? And then he wraps it up by saying, The great illusion of leadership is to think that mankind can be led out of the desert by someone who has never been there. So when I'm at the very beginning, I said, announcing the kingdom. I'm going I'm to say, I'm going to tell you today to listen. Listen incarnationally and enter into people's lives before you share what you feel is the good news of Christ. That way it's customizable. It's tailored to that situation. I believe we need to move away from this transactional form of evangelism in which it is all you got to do is say yes to Jesus. And if you say yes to Jesus and God's going to welcome you into his kingdom, it's transactional. You say yes, God says yes. You're in, bam, you're out. So that's a transactional. Let's move away from that. It's relational. The good news, simply stated, is a recognition that Jesus is Lord over all bondages, over all shackles, and over all chains. There is a good news that if you don't know anything else, I want you to know this. Jesus is Lord. And the passages of Scripture It told us today, Jesus comes to give a rich and satisfying life and it was the devil who came to steal kill and destroy i remember a young couple who had a deep hunger to have their own home and they wanted a sunset view over the mountain and by God's grace, when I handed in the keys of that home as the sun was setting in London, Virginia, I was so happy. That's where my, I, inter, I intersected with the world's deep need, and, it, and, and I found my sweet spot. And I'm, I'm asking for all of you to find your, a place of gladness. Now, earlier when I brought the balloon out, it was a happy, it made us smile. When, I, when we talk about announcing the gospel, I want you to see yourself announcing the gospel, to bringing the good news to where you are. Now, listen. Here's, here, we are in a unique situation. Our membership needs to be 20 people. We're not there yet. I'm asking you to believe that with this room, in this room, and online. Certainly, there's five people, either an individual or a family, there's five people that in this room that we can believe God for to become a part of our congregation. Certainly, within our sphere of influence, we could listen to someone who's facing some bad news. We could announce the gospel of the kingdom. We could encourage them in their faith. And then they could become a part of our community of faith called Vienna Assembly of God. Now, let me give you a heads up. In real estate, if, if we just want one good lead, guess how many, the average, just the average of how many people we have to talk to to get one person that will give us an appointment to talk to them about real estate. Just guess how many people we have to talk to. How many? You can come down a little bit. Good good job. <laughs> huh? About a hundred. That's right. But at first, Eric, it was. It took me talking to about a thousand because I couldn't I, I just I was I was unsure about how to be a realtor. It took me that long. So if you talk to uh, if you talk to ninety-nine people Actually, if you listen to 99 people and you tune into their life, you enter into their world, and you still haven't found one who is ready to accept the good news of Jesus, much less come and be involved in the church, trust me, it could be that next person. It could be that next person. It might take us 100 each to just begin to announce the good news of Jesus after listening to them before you get any attraction or anybody responding. And I just want to encourage us. So here's what I'm going to ask for your response. Would you be willing to listen to your friends, family, and others? And if God opens a door for you to share the good news of Jesus, you will do it. But the main thing I'm asking is listening. Would you listen? Would you begin to listen to people's struggles? And then when you have an opportunity, you can share it. That's my response. And if you're willing to agree to that, let's just I'm not even asking to, as Billy Graham would say, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. I'm going to say, every head up, eyes open, everybody looking around. How many will agree to just say, With God's help, I'm going to to start listening to people. I'm going to start listening. And where there's hurt and pain, I'm going to find their pain points. And I'm going to listen and try to alleviate their suffering. Let's just have a word of prayer and to seal that with prayer. Father, today, thank you. Thank you. For clarifying that Jesus is Lord. And Lord Jesus, you have come to give us a rich and satisfying life. And Jesus, you are the one. You are the only one. You are the only way. You are the only truth. You are the only way through to a relationship with the Almighty. And Lord, we accept the exclusivity of the gospel. At the same time, we accept and honor those who do not accept the exclusivity of Jesus. Give us the ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us so that we can announce the good news of the kingdom. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for those within our sphere of influence. Give us the ears that we can hear their hurts, their cries, their needs, their pain points. Give us the grace to enter into their world with the hope of a relationship with God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Let's just take a moment and surrender. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Take away everyone's fear. Take away all the pains. And help us be incarnational to our friends and our families and our sphere of influences and even to total strangers that we will connect with. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So I texted Brenda this morning, text me your blessing because I, I, well, I forgot what it was. So here it is. Be ready. This, I am representing Brenda this morning and she's going to say this. I want to send you out with a blessing. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The Lord bless you. And keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you. And give you peace. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message. Why not share it with a friend. I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcast. And our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life, and we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.